Press play. Curtain of an hour in. It's time to take spin. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, Ooh drama. drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got nom? They option no. Oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. 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 Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life. I'm Connor McDowell. And I am Dylan McDowell. It's the last podcast of the year, Connor. We made it through another one. I'm, I can't believe it. There were, there were a few moments this fall that I thought we weren't gonna, but hey, no, we're it was, here. It was right around the two-year mark where I was like, should we take a break? But no. <laughs> we have released an episode every single week for the last two years and months. I know. That's pretty know. fun. It's all because of and you. And we're going out on a high note here on, at the end of 2021. The highest note that I don't even want to talk to you for that long right now. <laughs> oh, I oh, think my. I hear a little preview. A little. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Dylan, I don't even have anything to say to you, really. I, I say we jump right in. Do you want to? I think so. The only thing Let's... I wanted to say was oh. I saw West Side Story last night. Yes, new one. I did, new one, I did too, but we weren't together, which is odd. Oh, that is kind of weird, but it was everything. Yeah. I it loved epic. it. I'm going to go ahead and say that it was my favorite movie of the year. <gasps> Ooh. I know, I know. And it's been a rich year for film. I'm with you. I, I'm pretty sure I'm with you. At the time okay. of release, at the time of recording, I'm at with you. At the time you. of recording. Okay, so yeah. as of December 10th, this is going to come out later, but... I mean, you might I, I also watched the original the other day and I was like, this is such a, it's an airtight film. And they added on to it in a way mm-hmm. that was, it made it even better. I don't know if our guests saw it yet, but maybe we'll get into it. Uh, I will <laughs> say we recorded a crossover episode with our friends over at Oscar Wilde podcast that is available now. And people should listen to our thoughts on the movie there. We were wild for it. I know we were absolutely wild for it, but I think we should bring in our wild guest today because- Oh my God. He's an untamed stallion. He he is so wild. <laughs> That's I'm the so- energy he's been bringing today, and I love it. <laughs> I am obsessed. So, everybody, our guest today is a bona fide superstar of stage and screen, Tony nominated for Best Performance by an Actor in a Featured Role in a Musical in the Mystery of Edwin Drood. You'll know his signature powerhouse vocals and acting chops from his appearances on Broadway in Kiss Me Kate opposite Kelly O'Hara, Something Rotten, Nice Work If You Can Get It, The Story of My Life, Billy Elliot, High Fidelity, Lennon, The Full Monty, Aida, Rent, and Miss Saigon, which he also toured the nation with. And that's just Broadway. He starred as Luke Wheeler for many, many years on ABC's Nashville, as the dashing Michael Swift on Smash, Stranger Things, Sharp Objects, American Crime Story, Johnny Versace, Quantico, The Good Wife, The Deuce, Madam Secretary, Rescue Me, Royal Pains, Time After Time, Dope Sick, and so much more. Oh my God. I think he's as tired as I am reading this, but oh my God, he's performed all over the world and is sung with the renowned New York Pops at Carnegie Hall, the Cincinnati Pops, and the Colorado Symphony. He also has some Ohio roots, which of course we're gonna discuss. We're ending the year on the highest of notes with this gag of a guest, 
please welcome to drama Will Chase. Hey guys, I thought you were gonna say David Alvarez because you're you were starting with um you were starting with West Side Story. It's like is David Alvarez here? Um, oh yes, you're your friend, right? Well, I don't know for friends. He was just a child when when I knew him. But wait, <laughs> let's go back to that. I have not seen it. How the? I mean, it's out. Oh, I was gonna say, how'd you guys see it? And then I'm like, oh, I don't go out in the world. Um, is it everything? <laughs> is it everything? It's everything. There's one thing I'd change, but I can live with it, and that's the casting of Ansel Elgort as Tony. I really he he did an okay job, but I feel like they didn't need him. They could have really cast anyone because most of the other cast was unknown. So I'm kind of confused. But about did he that do choice. something that you didn't enjoy? I've always enjoyed him, and I know he's usually a uh, he's usually a um, you know he keeps the thing down until he lets it out. Keeps the thing down until he lets it out, which I think is fine for Tony. Mm -hmm. Did he do something in particular that you didn't enjoy? You know, it's not that he did something I didn't enjoy. It's that he didn't really pop off the screen in the way that I wanted him to. Gotcha. Well, when you've got Ariana DeBose, when you've got David yeah. Alvarez, when you've got Rachel Zegler, I've not even seen it yet. And the re reviews are stupid. Like you don't get these reviews ever in your life and then you get them. But anyway, um, uh, David Alvarez is a, a not a, not a friend. I mean, he'd know who I am. Hi, David, if you're watching or listening <laughs> on your way to the Oscars, <laughs> on your Oscar nomination. Uh, but uh, he's he's a gifted, gifted human. And I hear he's just perfect. perfect. He, he delivered, delivered. And they flesh out Bernardo. They they Tony Kushner's book is phenomenal. Oh, and um and uh, hello, M Mike Feist. Oh, Mike Feist. Mike Feist. He's a other. He's otherworldly. That he guy. was my standout performance. He was great in yeah. Dear Evan Hansen. I did a pilot that I got uh, fired from years ago. That <laughs> <laughs> I told you we talked about anything. Yeah. <laughs> a thing called Panic on Amazon. Oh. That he. I had a couple scenes with him. He's just. He's just. There's some. There. There's a. The way I talk about Christian Borle is Christian is always mischievous. I don't care if he's doing a serious scene. I don't care if it's a funny scene. I don't care if we're having dinner and no one's, it's not a scene at mm -hmm. all. It's in real life. There's always a little bit of mischief. Mike, uh, and I barely know him. There's always, there's always some undercurrent of some kind of, um, I don't want to say psychosis, <laughs> but it's there's some kind of what he does. Yeah. There's some, he, and he's really great. Like it's vulnerable and real, but anyway, oh, yeah. this isn't a, this isn't a podcast oh my about God. him. Well, well, listen, but in the film, Mike has this, like you said, vulnerability. There's this twinkle in his eyes. You're going to love it. Yeah, but a twinkle like I want to kill all Puerto Ricans. It goes, it it goes back and forth, and this movie certainly doesn't shy away from the which I love. Yes, That's all I've it's, heard. It's great. I, I really, mm -hmm. it makes you feel conflicted almost the whole time. Which great. Which so little we and this might be the second half of this podcast, but which for me, uh -huh. so little does anymore. So little, so everything yeah. is is anodyne and kind of okay. We've we've made everything not mean anything by trying to make it mean everything, and something like oh, that yeah. piece is what which is why the first movie still works and why it sounds like this movie is brilliant because we still put our sensibility on it but it worked then it was a story about that yeah. then and you know rest in peace mr sondheim i mean th those that will never ever be dated anything he did will never be dated but that will never be dated those lyrics will never if they do another movie in 40 years i don't know why they would but that seems to be uh -huh. what we do um who'll direct yes. it um uh who'll direct it uh billy eilish will direct in 40 years um west side story but it'll still hold up is my point still hold up well where did you pull billy eilish are you a billy fan well 
why well a fan peripherally because uh ingrid's a fan and then my oldest daughter daisy they're a fan and and okay. so i think they're still a fan i mean i think they're still listening to them we just totally dig what she does we're on a flight recently back from la and it's very masked up and very you know ingrid's ingrid looks like a, a jawa do you know a jawa from star wars you know she's got the hood on from star wars yeah. <laughs> not that i'm trying to be seen but i like you know a mask and there's this uh, woman behind her just full out sweats you can barely see her um a couple times and then we're like oh we're getting off the plane and that whole group there was a big strong man beside her and then another strong man behind her and we got off the plane and they're waiting by where you pick up your uh, little bag if you've dropped it you know at the the tunnel there oh they're no yeah, they're getting yeah. the car that's literally waiting at the bottom of those stairs and oh is billy and ingrid later on instagram oh, wow. is like oh uh you were behind me the whole time and billy was like that was you ingrid michaels and i was totally like <laughs> Yeah, I live with her. Oh yeah. my god. Wait, I feel like we're diving in, but are you in love with Ingrid Michaelson? Not at all. <laughs> I was gonna say because I'm I'm gay, but I am too. Just a stop on the way, people. A stop on the way. No, of course. I am so in love with Ingrid Michaelson. Best human I know, best friend, knows all my crap and likes me despite in spite of that no she's the best she's the coolest i i'm not joking so we're, I'm, uh, if you could see us and they'll show pictures later but this is our our studio at our home in brooklyn i'm not joking when she will you know i'll go away to learn lines but when i come back it's just i've learned some lines she'll go away i'm gonna go uh, yeah i gotta write so i just got uh, uh, this idea she'll come back with a demo i'm uh -huh. not joking and she'll you want to listen you know half hour later and i'm like all of notebook all of the notebook stuff oh. i've heard i've heard all of it for the last four years and she'll come and go i've got a new song for young noah and it's uh -huh. like, oh my god <laughs> I spend most of my days crying when she does it. But anyway, she's the best. She's awesome. She's a Christmas elf. She she's the best person in the world. Have you lay down any any demos for for adult Noah? Uh, no, because I'm you know what I'm that in between. I'm I'm sure. I would be middle middle aged Noah. Okay, okay. There's young Noah. There's middle Noah and old Noah. And I've uh, not quite old enough for old. You know I'm I'm not quite seventies. I'm not in my thirties, and I'm certainly not in my teens. So uh, okay, okay. You still look so young, Will. It's wild. 51. 51, damn it. Oh, my God. That's, that's amazing. I know. And see, I want, I want the, I want, the, I want like, um, John, you know, John oh, Slattery. Yeah. The actor Loved him from Mad Men. Oh, yeah. I want that. I want that color hair because I want people to know. Because I think people now, which my 20s, people are like, is he 14 or 30? <laughs> right? When I was in, right? So then when I was in my 30s, I'm like, oh, they're like, oh, he's in his 30s. And when I was 40, oh, he's he's mid 30s. He's in his 40s. Now that I'm 50, it's like, it's, is he 35 or 52 <laughs> with white hair? I would be what the world thinks of 52 yes. for television. Damn Maybe. it. I will say when I saw you in Rent in the summer of 2009 and you had your your bleached hair, I I certainly wasn't sure what age you were. You're like you can't be a day over 28. No I'm kidding. Right. Well, Roger Roger's what like 20? I forget. <laughs> okay. Because isn't sure. um isn't no, he's, 19? But she's yeah, older. Yeah. Age. yeah, they're supposed to be 20, 21. Yeah, and listen, on like stage, far away, Niederlander lights, bleached hair. 
you know, we're going to film oh, yeah. it. Do you have a soft filter <laughs> for the lens that you can the Goldie not too Hawn close? Filter. The Goldie Hawn filter. Yeah. The Goldie Hawn, which <laughs> well, I was going to say, we, you know, we, we, I know uh, Oliver Hudson very well, and oh yeah, and, and finally got to meet Goldie and Kurt recently. So that was a <laughs> highlight. Dilly, live through me, people. Live through oh, me. I, I truly have. Be, just the after I read your bio, the coolest I, I normal people other than. They're Goldie Kurt Hudson. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Oh, they're normal oh, people yeah. other than it's them. Absolutely. Yeah. Legends. Right. Sure. Wait, so you have, you have kids and I have a 22 year old uh, Daisy yes. and uh, almost 23. And then uh, Gracie is 20. Okay. Wow. So, you know, I was going to say, you know, you are a father and I almost put this in the bio, but to many, you're a daddy. You well, are. You're a daddy. Oh, I see. I see what you've done. Uh -huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Little play on oh, words. Yes. Thank you. Because yes, yes, yes. of, of the tax. Because yeah. <laughs> of the tax. Wait, I love the couple ex-wives, couple of girlfriends, some kids. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have your wait. Is Betty is Betty the ex-wife or is it because of the Taylor Swift song Betty? No, Betty's my mama. Betty's your mama. Betty's my mama. That's so nice. So interesting story about Betty. Uh, so that tattoo, Ingrid one concert. It's all going to be a. This might as well be called Ingrid <laughs> Michaelson. <laughs> We oh, can yeah. swear on here. No one will be mad yes. about that. Well, Ingrid fucking Michaelson. <laughs> um, you know, she, her mom's name was Betty, and she got a tattoo. This is well before we met. She got a tattoo because one of her she has tats, and one of her favorite tattoo artists happened to be at her show. I think it might have been San Francisco or San Diego. Anyway, so before the show, and her mom had passed. Her, her mother Betty had passed. Elizabeth, I think, the previous summer, and he was like, you know what? I'm getting a fucking tattoo before the show. I mean, how fucking rock and roll is that, right? So the guy comes back. And he puts Betty in this script, uh -huh. this exact script, on her wrist. We meet, we fall in love. Uh, my mom's name is Betty. Then years later, we were dating because Eager will not allow me to get any tattoos of her because I do, in fact, have uh, some ex-wives and ex-girlfriends on here. <clears throat> and Ingrid's like, no, no, you're going to jinx it. So I had the uh, a picture of the script for her mom, and then I got... This for my mom, who's still alive and with us. But now Ingrid and I both have the same script, Betty, and uh, that's my mom. And my mom's, you know, reaction, if you ask her, is like, oh, I don't know, Will, just those tattoos. But you know she She loves it. That is so it. special. Oh, my God. Come on. Yeah, it doesn't right. say mom. It's right. Betty. Now, is your name really Will Chase? Because it sounds like a, it sounds like a, like, it, it, you were born to be a star. It's like a soap opera name, doesn't it? Or a porn star. Yeah, well, that, yeah. So I've been a porn star and no, um, it is Will say, Chase. We My, missed that on the credits that we read. Yeah. Well, those kind of things you don't put out there, okay, but okay. post pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> um, my full name is Frank William Chase. Uh, my grandfather's name was Frank. Uh, his actually his real name was uh, Francis William Chase and my parents after two boys they're like well we should name one of them after the grandfather and uh, but they never had any intention to call me Frank so it was Will from the get-go Will Chase so I'm still Frank on some things that I don't want like you know some credit card statement sure, so if sure. I know I get a call for Frank Chase like you don't know me yeah. <laughs> um, Will Chase oddly this is another great story this is gonna last for me all of 10 minutes but you're like we have three hours so we have to edit <laughs> So cut to, I'm, you know, a pretty well-known person. I've just done Nashville on ABC for three years. Do you know the actor Scott Foley? Oh, yeah. Yeah, from Scandal. Yeah, yeah, he's wonderful. So a couple years ago, maybe three or four now, this is well after Nashville and stuff, but I'm me. I mean, I, I'm, you know, Will Chase, other than people going, Will Smith, I mean, Will Chase, because we, <laughs> so, we resemble each other. Oh, yeah. Um, right. They put out this TV show called Whiskey Cavalier. Mm -hmm. Maybe you didn't see it um no one really did well what was his character's 
what was his character's name in the show? Will Chase. No way. So when it came out, when they when Deadline put out like ABC's uh, doing a put pilot called Whiskey Cavalier, and it's about Will Chase, and and Whiskey Cavalier was his call letter, so WC Whiskey Cavalier Will Chase, right? And I call my people, and it's a weird moment to be in, going. <clears throat> Guys, I know I'm not, I know, I, I know I'm not famous like Brad Pitt, but it, they couldn't think of, it couldn't be Walt Chisholm or, <laughs> or Willie, or, or you know what I mean? I thought yeah. this is an odd thing. Surely they'll change it. They never changed it. And it was whatever. Years, years later, it was only two years. Uh, do you know the actor Josh Molina? Of course. Also from Scandal. Yes, also from Scandal. <laughs> A scandal and i'm a west wing fan yeah. so i've known josh on the tv for a long time and then josh and i became friends on twitter years ago anyway he's a big prankster 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 i knew he was a prankster on west wing he is a prankster on scandal so we struck up a friendship anyway cut to i told him just by happenstance what's it he one day he actually asked me what's the deal with scott's show like scott's new show where they named you i said well i told my people about it and they're like you know what are you gonna do you know blah 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 i said what i should have done and i was joking what i should have done is told him i was gonna get legal on it. he goes oh well i'm with we're in dc right now shooting some exteriors for the end of scandal he said text him text him that you're getting legal on it i said i can't i'm not that person like i'm the guy who makes a joke on stage and and then ends up laughing more than anybody else like <laughs> there's a banana peel <laughs> right so he talked me into it i sent scott foley a text on set for scandal going scott will chase you know i'm a series i've been a series regular on nashville blah 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 and i i don't want this to go to legal but you know it's weird that you guys use my name i feel like i'm gonna have to to bring my lawyer into it so if you don't you know take care of it i'm gonna do a cease and desist and i did this whole legalese thing that uh, is josh josh gave me the name of his producer bill lawrence i was like and uh, you know i'm gonna have w warner brothers reach out josh took a picture of scott reading it and scott's he, he's tep he's like white going oh my fuck like oh my god i'm gonna you know and then i then then i told josh i can only do this for like a half hour i can't do this all day he goes oh come on you gotta do this for a whole day i didn't i texted him back going just kidding <laughs> <laughs> oh man and josh is egging you on of course as the onset prankster of course he did so anyway that's my little will chase story we're almost done <laughs> No, okay. <laughs> well, listen, Will, I feel like we're, we've touched on a few of your credits and I want to get into all of it. But before we do, I'd love to ask you a question we ask all of our guests about that moment you realized you were passionate about the arts in some way. We call it the Ring of Keys moment, inspired by Fun Home's own moment of recognition. Do you feel like you had that moment where you were like, oh my God. Oh, is this, I thought you might, I thought the song would, I thought you, the song would come in for a moment. <laughs> well, our, our producer will put it in during editing. Okay, yeah. so I'll pause. I'm the producer. Um, Beth Malone, actually, <laughs> when, when we had Beth Malone on, she gave the whole intro. Like she actually did the dialogue. Well, duh. Yeah. And I was like, we should you're... take this and super cut it into every episode. You should. So we'll leave space for that now. Hold on. Great. And then if you mention something in a minute that something I sang, then I'll give you, you know, whatever that is. Um, oh. uh, my, uh, you mean getting it. So I thought about this and you even when you emailed me, uh, you mean got into the arts, not even to acting, because I grew up uh, with music as a part of my childhood. My dad's a minister, music minister, and my brothers all played instruments and sang. So I oddly knew music. I guess I'm saying I don't know that there was a moment for that. I just was a good drummer. I was a good singer. 
And I knew early on, and I love Frankfort, Kentucky. So the four people that are listening from Frankfort, Kentucky, I love you. However, I wanted to get out of Frankfort, Kentucky. <laughs> and, I, and I knew that percussion music, and I was studying to be a conductor, was going to do that. Mm. I knew that probably when I was in eighth grade. I'm going to be the best percussionist and conductor I can be and get out, not go to UK, love University of Kentucky, not go to UofL, love the University of Louisville, <laughs> not go to any Kentucky school because I needed to get, I needed to be away. Mm-hmm. And so I went to Oberlin. Couldn't be a further cry from growing up Southern Baptist oh, minister's yeah. kid. I had a ponytail and an earring and Birkenstocks. Talk about liberal arts. I mean, talk about on. liberal with a capital L. That's actually where Allison and Fun Home goes to college. Oh, it is <laughs> totally. It is. To- <gasps> this is weird. <laughs> so let's cut all that and just say when I went right. to Oberlin. See, no. Then when I went to Oberlin. That's where the acting, I'd done some acting in college and stuff, and, and a couple of buddies were heavy into Sondheim at the time. This is 92, so like Assassins had just done like Playwrights Horizons, yeah. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's where we are. In the, the year world. before we were born. Um, take care, and good night, everybody. <laughs> I'm walking away from the You're like, that's where we were in the world, and we're like, uh-huh. <laughs> Will, you don't look a day over 49. <laughs> <laughs> but a buddy of mine was directing Sweeney Todd as a student project and said, hey, I know you sing. I know you grew up in the church singing. And you, want aud- you should audition for Anthony. I was like, all right. And I... I was like, all right, stop worrying where you're good. No, but I did. And I was like, I was obsessed with Sunday, obsessed with Sunday. And I, you're talking about a drummer, a percussionist, a long-haired percussionist who's studying to be a conductor. But I was obsessed with Sunday in the Park with George, obsessed with everything about it and the video and everything. Oh, yeah. And I sang Move On. You know, it's one of those when you're in college, you're like, and you're not an actor. And he goes, uh, you, it's yours. I didn't have to wait for the cast list, you know. You dream about those. You see those in movies uh-huh. where it happens in real life that never happens in real life. But he's like, it's yours. I'm like, oh, okay, you know. And then enough people were like, you should really think about doing this, you know. And and again, I, I wasn't, I didn't sign up for that. I didn't want to do the business part of it and all that. So enough people were like, you should think about doing this. And And so then I poured myself into acting. So that's probably the... That's probably the moment for the acting. Getting into art and the arts, that was just kind of, we were steeped in. And it wasn't like you're going to be an artist or anything like that, but it just was around us and excellence in art and excellence in like going to Oberlin. I mean, my parents couldn't afford Oberlin. When I think about it now, I'm sending Gracie to my youngest NYU. Don't send your kids to NYU. That's what I've heard. I've heard that, yeah. (laughs) Um, but, But I'm just saying my parents couldn't afford Oberlin and they did. I mean, they did. They made sure they did. And dad, you know, was like, well, no, I want you to go to the place where you will be around the most excellent people you can be because I know you're excellent at what you do and you want to be excellent at what you do. And people ask me all the time, do you regret? No, not at all. I wouldn't. If I got into Eastman or Juilliard as a percussionist, I'd probably be a percussionist or a conductor. Mm. And I'm not one of those, oh, there's a reason. I'm not one of those people. I'm not. However... I'm so glad I went to Oberlin and they need people outside of the the theater department to to act. And so I was very fortunate. And that that I guess Sweeney Todd, James Sugg, if you're listening, James Sugg, James Sugg, great. Um, Jay, uh, if you're listening, you know, you're the reason I'm doing this. And we had a little moment via text, you know, when when uh, Stephen died mm. and, and even Ingrid and I it was weird because we were talking about West Side. I never got to work with Bernstein. Okay. Obviously, a lot of people didn't because he died when I was in college. But mm. and oddly. I never, ever got to work with Steven. I met him one time ever. And so when he passed, I thought, weep, weeping, Ingrid came in the office and goes, and she likes to prepare me for anything. We have to get dog food. 
<laughs> we have to, you know what I mean? So then she came in this night. I was in here doing some editing and she goes, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you something that's going to upset you. It, it's some, something, someone very important to you. And I thought, Oh God, but I know she's also not saying it's, you know, it's like Tessa, our dog or your father. Mm -hmm. She said, Steven Sondheim passed away. And I was like, and, and immediately was like, I didn't know what to do. And we went out to the couch and, you know, she's writing the notebook. So she's steeped into the, she's steeped in this world of writing right now yeah. and legacy. And her parents were both past. Her dad was a composer. So it was like, it was weird. It was weird. It was, it was weirder than any other. Cause I didn't know him. I was so, but weeping for days still for days going, I don't know how to process this. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't know how to, cause like I have friends that are very good friends with, were good friends with him. So I'm sure they, Alex Gimignani's a, a friend, Paul Gimignani, like you can't imagine the, the, what they're going through. And then the, my friends like Stephen Pasquale and those people who work with him, you can imagine what they're going through. And I'm sitting here feeling oddly, I don't know if you had the same experience because oh, it yeah. touched all of us that love theater in a way that's very, very weird. And Ingrid, so Ingrid sat down and wrote a song the other day, like she does. And it was like, oh, finally, she sent it to me, you know, like I go to sleep at 10, she's up till two and I get up in the morning. She's like, listen to this. And I listen to this song. I was like, weeping on the couch because then i start going it's about sondheim it's about you later when you die it's oh. about you know it's about but but it's about everything and finally i was able to literally i mean literally like ugly cry on the couch because i i didn't feel like i had did you understand what i'm saying oh, absolutely. like i didn't feel like i had yet like we all know him but i don't know him it's right. not like i knew he wasn't a friend so Anyway, that was a really long way around. Doing Sondheim in college was my, oh, this is my moment. This is what I should be doing. All roads lead to being that excellent in acting, in musical theater. If I can do it as well as the Sondheim actors that I looked up to, Bob Westenberg, Mandy Patinkin, um, Barbara Cook, all those people that to me are Sondheim actors, oh, yeah. whatever that means. Um, if I can do it as well as them, then no, that's what I'll strive for as far as singing goes. You know, uh, does Sunday remain your favorite Sondheim? Sweeney, Sweeney probably does okay. just because I did it and that's the one. But Sunday, there's something other. Who writes that? I know. Who writes a show about a painting and then Lapine comes in and makes that wonderful and all those actors made that. And Mandy and Bernadette, it was when they were at their, and they're both amazing still, but when they were, you know, I look at them when I was in college going, oh, God, when I'm that age. And you're like, they were 12. <laughs> you know what I mean? They were 30. Right, right. You're like, oh, well, I'm past that age. Anybody want to, you know. But uh, Sunday is still one of those artistic ones that you're like, yes, please. If anybody's doing that anywhere, I'll go do it. Yeah. Scranton, I'm there. I'm surprised we never saw you in that Barrow Street Sweeney. Oh, I know. I, right? You know, I was doing some television. Good segue. I was trying to make some money. You were doing television. Wait, I'm so <laughs> glad that you auditioned for Sweeney. I'm so glad you did that too. I can't imagine you being a drummer that we never, you know, you brought so much to life on screen and on stage for us. And I, I can't imagine not like we saw you oh, as Mar, you. or I'm sorry, as Roger in Rent at, during that last summer. And it lives on forever in the filmed version. And like, I know. So grateful to get to do oh. that whole thing too. Again, my, my career never went, still doesn't, which is great. But now, but in the last decade, I've been able to go, oh, okay. I don't know how it's going to play itself out. We all have ideas. We, even at that age, you know, us guys starting out, it was very, um, Cameron McIntosh heavy, mm -hmm. Saigon, Les Mis, fandom heavy. It was meaning you're going to fit in mm -hmm. there at some point, but then what? 
and I've always been a then what guy and rent came out of, you know, after doing the tour of Michigan, rent came out of absolutely nowhere. You want me to cover? Okay, my ego, I guess I'll be able to do that. You want me to understudy? Shh. Oh, okay. I'm the guy in the wings going, I'm better. You know, I was that guy. I didn't say that out loud, but the thought- Were you honest living? Honest living, honest living. Was that you? I was honest yeah. living, honest living. So that's five miso soup, four seaweed salad, three soy burger, dinner, two tofu dog platter, and one pasta with me. It was better. Come on. I mean, hey. um, it's in you. I was Steven Others, and then I was Mark Roger Cover that first time around. So I did a lot of Marks. My first time on is Mark. <laughs> Norbert Butts is Roger. <laughs> and and I'm not joking. You learn stuff quick when you were an understudy rent, and you were Mark Roger Cover. You didn't know your ass. From, you're like, oh, I'm doing both. How do you, Doc? Oh, that's not uh -huh. right. So my first time on is Mark. The power blows, two, three, and I'm doing it. I'm like, okay, I'm in it. I'm in it. I'm just concentrate, Will. We get to the end of, um, we're not gonna pay. I have to act that. <laughs> we're not gonna pay. We're not gonna pay. And then they do, last year's rent. Right? Uh -huh. Some little thing that I'd never gotten taught. <laughs> I never gotten taught. Never got taught that. I'm going to repeat that. Never got taught. So Norbert, we get to that part in the show, the actual show, the night. He starts doing that. And me, the giving actor that I am, I'm looking at him like, what's he doing? That's interesting. And so I make fun of him. I do this. He starts doing that and I do like that. And he pushes me over. Get out of here. He pushed me, Norbert, if you're listening, which he's not, uh, Norbert, he pushed me over and I, you know, was laughing because I thought, oh, that's what a friend would do. We got off stage. He's like, what are you doing? But for those who couldn't see, Will was doing a bit of a jig in that moment. I was doing a little bit of a jig. Yeah. He was doing just your, your sensible, um, your sensible, great, not even grapevine, your sensible cross step up to the front of the stage. And I was doing a little jig to make fun of him. Yeah. He pushed me over. Wow. Uh, so was Sherry yeah, Renee so, Scott but, also in Rent at this time? Sherry Renee, when I did it, no. Okay. Sherry Renee had left. I, w I, I came in like, I came in after, so Norbert would have been Roger. Yeah. I came in, the, the first group had just left. Okay. So it was like Jim Pullis oh, wow. and Norbert Butts and uh, Gwen was now playing Joanne. And, oh, I forgot uh, that that happened. It was, yeah, you know what I mean? It was like, oh, everybody goes up one. And how Norbert Butts was ever in the ensemble of anything is beyond me because he's just the, I mean, gifted human. It was awesome. I remember, I mean, my Broadway debut was Rent, Squeegee Man, and I still remember it like it was yesterday, January 30th, 1998. Um, wow. You don't rehearse with mics or anything like that. When you're a cover or you're going in the ensemble, you don't rehearse with a band and stuff like that. So here comes Jim Poulos. He does the whole opening monologue, blah, blah, blah. The power blows. Two, three, blah. It's going to do it now. The, the, the hair on the back of my neck stood up. I was like, oh, my God, I'm on. I'm on, but I really was, I'm on Broadway uh -huh. and the band's right there and it's loud as fuck. And I can't like, it was like, I was like in it <laughs> by the end of it. I couldn't sing a note. Like the end of the opening number, I was like, Oh my God, guys, that was amazing. <laughs> I'm going to be the best squeegee. Cause I, it was unreal. Uh, Lori, my ex-wife, we're very close. She has video footage. I don't know that I'll mm -hmm. be able to find, I don't know. She has, she cut out back in the day, cut out a coach bag. That's how you do it. Put a high eight video camera and the standing room at the Needlelander used to be able to stand in those little windows in the back. Oh. And she's like, and she's got me doing, will I lose my dick the first time, like on video. And it's like shaky and like, oh, yeah. you know, ah, <laughs> oh, oh. it's amazing. 28 year old Will with some big old bell bottoms. If, if you can unearth that, 
in honor of your uh, by January thirtieth. Yeah. Try and find that. Oh, that, that's gold. I know you're off social media, but you know, totes off social media. That is so amazing. I know. I was trying to find you. I was like, what's going on here? Hey, if you find the guy on Instagram, by the way, who says he's Will Chase and has three followers, it's not me. <laughs> okay, I found a Will Chase, and I was like. And I think it even has a picture of me and Ingrid, like, oh, yeah, just hanging out from five years ago, that picture. What the hell? Weird shit. I feel like you did 100 Broadway shows in the two. Well, a couple of them I did in two nights. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it was true. five shows, right? I did a couple of those shows in two nights. What's that? It was five shows, right? So was that three days or four? Story of My Life. Yeah. Story of My Life was Thursday night, Friday night, two Saturday, one Sunday. <laughs> well, uh, um, High Fidelity was... Uh, ten shows, maybe ten shows after oh, after we previewed. I don't need to bitch about throwing my life anymore. It was hor it was horrible. Thank God I'd already been through High Fidelity. Mm -hmm. Story of my life, I still don't understand. It's like we did it out of town. It was fine. We did it in New York. You knew this wasn't going to run for six months. <laughs> Listen to me, I'm bitching. You knew this wasn't going to run for six. But you knew this wasn't going to run for six mm -hmm. months. This will run for three months. It's a chamber piece. It is what it is. Meaning, to a two-hander with Malcolm Getz, we're not going to like change Broadway. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, so it's like, what would you? What did you think was going to happen? We open on Thursday. We come early Friday to get let go like what did you think was going to happen thursday night like ticket sales are going to go through the right. roof for a two-hander at the booth no so that's when i go it shouldn't have happened right. then you're right it should never happen in this day and age yeah. but it shouldn't have happened then it was very bizarre but anyway uh yeah I've, I've i've been on both ends of those which has been you know again in hindsight being 51 it's like oh i had some flops and i've been part of uh, some amazing uh theater changing things like billy elliott like like rent like you know what i mean so yeah but it's easier on this on this side of it to go oh yeah it was fine it wasn't fine i literally that night friday night before they told us by the way they told us at seven o'clock they didn't even call us at three to go um come in we're gonna you know seven o'clock malcolm and i have to go on and do no intermission <laughs> two-hander mm. i walked out of the theater i i they they told us they go uh so uh, yeah as soon as they opened their mouth, I got up. Me got up, <laughs> walked out into walked down to Schubert Alley, called my second ex-wife, going, "I'm done. I'm fucking done." She goes, "You have to do the show. You have to go in there." I'm fucking. I'm getting on the train. I'm getting on the fucking A train and coming home. No, 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 no. You can't. I'm yelling at Schubert Alley. I'm like the crazy guy. What are you fucking talking about? Juniors outside a picture of me and Malcolm, like you know, right there. Like if there were, if it was Kirby or it felt like it was one of those uh -huh. shows, it'd be a close up of me and behind me is like. <laughs> you know, um, and she's like you have to go do the show people are here to see it and it was surreal me and malcolm just sitting there richard maltby in the wings going oh. like like it was surreal like you couldn't have fired us you couldn't have told us at three right. so i could have <laughs> at least be drunk for the performance <laughs> and it's an emotional piece right well yeah i mean it, that's the thing it was what it was it was a little chamber piece i mean i think brian and um neil the writers they actually got a drama desk nominee. like like the piece was the piece was good it just wasn't maybe it shouldn't have been on broadway but certainly not for five shows and that's where i met sondheim in schubert alley oh, not that not night. That night. <laughs> <laughs> i know it all comes together right He's like, what's going on? Right. Um, well, Mr. Sondheim, let me tell you. No, uh, you did a good Sondheim face there. You did. He came the, either the next night or the next night and told Brian and, and Neil that he liked it. And uh, I was walking out of Schubert Island. He goes, hey, nice job, young man. And I was like, I, I, oh, I, no, I, I really was like, thank you, sir. Yeah, yeah. Going to Angus, you know, back when Angus was around. When so. the show announced closing, social media obviously wasn't super, super huge at the time. But did everyone flock to that show? Like, were they full houses for the last no. few? 
No, I mean they were full okay. anyway. I mean the first, it was in the first week. My dad came to all of them because he was in oh. town. <laughs> well, that was the thing. Your opening night gift was also your closing. You didn't even clean out your opening night yeah. gifts. Um, oh. No, everybody came though. I mean, I have a note from Sheldon Harnick. I have a note. I have everybody came. Yeah. Like people came, like composers came, people came. But no, it wasn't a, it wasn't, a, it was well before social media t really took over the, the universe. Yeah. So people wouldn't have even, and listen, people didn't really even know what that show w was going to be anyway. It wasn't, I'm trying to think of an equivalent. Uh, did you ever see Malcolm in Amour? No, of course you didn't see it. You were 12, <laughs> but <laughs> years before. I'm trying to think of something. What did Pippa do that was, uh, um, oh, Amelie. Uh, like Amelie, but not even, I mean, Amelie, I think even ran, Little, yeah. but it's like a chamber piece. It's a theater chamber piece about a person or two people and, and some lighting. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's not, <laughs> that's the piece. And, and, and we, in regards to the reviews or whatever, people didn't want that, but I, yeah, I, to your point, I think, uh, had social media been as prevalent, maybe people would have been, we're going, mm -hmm. we're going to all of them. You're you know? part of history. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm part of history. See, Broadway's crazy like that. And, and there was TV series that captured the insanity of the behind the scenes of Broadway. Nice. Well and you done, were a part of one. it. Well done. Do it again though. So I don't cut you off and make fun of you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's fine. So we got to talk about smash because as Connor, and I had seen you in the closing company of rent. We were absolutely gagged to see you as Michael Switch singing Bruno Mars. On Which smash. is really weird. <laughs> so weird. Very weird. What we need is a leading man with a legit voice. I'm a sour girl. Uh -huh. Like, what the fuck is happening? Good <laughs> writing, guys. They were like, he's at La Mama doing Bruno Mars. We oh, and he's got like tattoos. It's exactly the opposite <laughs> of what right. we want. But you were, you were DiMaggio. I have to say that on Lexington and 57th Street. 50. One of those. How dare you, sir? <laughs> you call yourself a Smash fan. <laughs> How dare you, sir? We're going to just let it go on Lexington and 52nd Street. Now that song is drama. On Lex! That song is dramatical. I remember when. Wait, can you sing it? Uh, no, how's it go? <laughs> I don't know how to On Lexington and 52nd Street. Um, uh, how's the beginning go? It's really good. It's really, it's really bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> None of us know. I know all the ladies' songs. I know. I could tell you anything Megan Hilty sang in that. <laughs> What's funny is I, did, I, I sang before that, but I hadn't sung something really big before that in the show and i remember this day it's very odd they used to do table reads at smash a lot of shows do table reads a lot of shows don't of the new episode right and we had recorded the songs obviously when you're doing this or like on nashville you recorded the song you probably got the song five weeks in advance and saying here's what we're going to do to the song and that's what you have to shoot that's kind of the mm -hmm. way you work it's very odd and uh, so i had already recorded it and <laughs> the driver the driver the teamster was here to pick me up and we got caught in traffic for the table read so i literally walked into the table read and the room is full of every executive cast member everybody and sometimes at the table reads they play a snippet of the song just to go here's the feel right i walk into on lexington and a fifty i'm not joking i walked in a room and brian Darcy james goes just mouths the words fuck sorry we're on a podcast <laughs> He later told me, why don't I get some, to sing something like that? And I'm like, fuck off, Frank. He didn't, get, yeah, Frank. he didn't get a single song in that whole show. Oh, poor Frank. Just because Deborah Messing doesn't, or sorry, what's her name? Uh, Julia uh, Houston. In the show. In the show. Julia Houston. Julia doesn't love you anymore and likes Michael Smith. Yeah. <laughs> um, how dare you, sir? But no, I remember walking in and people going, 
Oh, okay. Like golf claps. Oh. I remembered how the song yeah, opens Christian now. It's, hurry, hurry. That, that part, right? Step right uh-huh. up. See the star who lit. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> See, I wasn't I just, being, hurry, I wasn't being right shy up. earlier. I truly just couldn't remember. I just got the chills. Oh, my God. Well, I also love, you know, History is Made at Night, um, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. You really got some good ones in there. Those I got are some great. great ones. No, Mark Shaman, again, is one of those people I would never compare he and Ingrid in the same way, but I don't understand writer. I understand writers who go and write up words and go, hey, we need this to be a little more juicy or whatever, and, and they go and do that. I don't understand musicians who craft the same way. A History is Made at Night was Spielberg, one of Spielberg's favorite songs. Okay. And Shaman, I remember he came to him with something. He's like, yeah, it's almost there. It's not right. And he had to literally go rewrite a song. Like, how do you just go rewrite a song that tells a plot, uh, a character emotion? Because mm-hmm. Smash was all about this is what it is on the face of it, but this is what's going on underneath. And Shaman is one of those composers, along with Scott, who did the lyrics, yeah. as I burp into the mic. <laughs> I'm that guy that can just run into a room and do that. I find that other, I find that other world, like Lin-Manuel apparently is that person that can just uh-huh. craft something. How, what? What do you mean? Yeah. Where, where did the melody come from? Where did the lyrics come from? Well, how did you get those chords? What did you, I mean, I don't have the brain for that. Right. So I admire that. Clearly you're, yeah. you're enamored by it with Ingrid. Just a tittle yeah. bit. <laughs> <laughs> did you like being on Smash? Was it fun to film? I guess I should say. Cause I, of course there was, I loved it. Yeah. You loved it. We loved it. It was an odd show. It could have been not to segue into Nashville, but it was the opposite, meaning it was very precious and it precious in good and bad ways. Smash was great because it was about our world, you know, and they were holding up our world. It got a little precious though. Like you never went around Video Village if you were an actor in Smash. You didn't hang out because it was, you felt NBC's presence. You felt the onus of getting this shot right, which is not conducive to filming anything Mm. ever just bring up nashville it was the opposite nashville is like they've let the they've let them loose in the asylum and let's see what happens but it was fun you were allowed to mess around to a point and blah 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 but smash was fun to shoot just because it was also like you know you look across a room oh christian and i there'd be a room where i'm supposed to i'm supposed to be in a sing singing being serious and i can look over at Kristen and just some raised uh-huh. eyebrows and that's it <laughs> and then you know um so much fun i met you know i met deborah on that and we were together for a while which was great right. it was it was my first big show uh the first big show but it was my first time someone going yeah we'll give you uh, several episodes of a television show yeah. Not three, one or two, like you'll be a main player. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, I like this. And I love filming. I love it, love it, love it, love it. But some of my, I have some very dear friends. One of my uh, camera uh, guy that I've worked with recently. I'm directing now. We can talk yes, about that. But um, he was a steady cam guy on that. Just a, taught me a lot about acting for the camera. You know, Teresa Reback was a showrunner. Yeah. Michael Mayer. I had some incredible directors, but some incredible uh you know people and it was the first time people hate watch something which was fun i mean what a weird thing but people were like it was a it really was the first time like well they're not doing it right Uh Uh (laughs) you know what i mean oh that's not like broadway but i love those tights you know what i mean like of course it had to be the theater community that would that would do that too you know Right, but they watch every fucking. Movie. Oh, and still do. It is. It is. I think it's more popular <laughs> now than it was back then. Is it? Is that the truth? I think totally. so. If it, if it would have been, you know, picked up by Netflix or something, I think it would have continued. How great is it when when Julia comes <sighs> back to, at the very end, comes over to Michael's house, won the Tony. I'm like, 
Yes, you know. <laughs> You've been waiting. Now, wait, I, I need to know, was that was that scene added after the show was canceled or was the plan that they would go back? Well, no, that sh- I mean, they knew that the, the show, the, they knew the show was yeah. not getting picked up. Well, I okay. think even well before even maybe the last three Yeah, it was moved to shot. like Friday or Saturday night okay. like early on in the second season's run. Which is the graveyard oh. of television. Yes. Saturday night oh. is the graveyard of television. Yeah. I know what we need. We need less. We need uh, nobody over 40. Right. So me, Brian, Roz, we're all gone. All gone. Yeah. Because you don't need men over 40. And then let's, you know, I'm not going to get into that. But that's, <laughs> no, I know. It, the, the show certainly huh. took a, a different turn. And I prefer you know. the first season, although it was, it was, you know, it was fun to have different musicals in the second season. The first season for me is... I, I w- it'd be fun to watch it all now because I, I barely watched the second season. It'd be fun to watch it just to have a cohesive go. Has oh. Ingrid seen it? Ingrid, I feel like she saw a lot of the first season. Okay. Smash. What about your kids? Have, do they watch you? Do they see what you do? They do. You know, I don't think they do now. I mean, I don't think any, have you seen Dope Sick? Do, uh, Dope Sick. I have not just, seen it yet. Not, no. It's it's intense. And, and I tend to play a lot of assholes. Um, I tend to play a lot of bad guys now. I mean, you on Stranger Things... Oh, I was voted like most evil character of whatever year that was. I know I that was, and then oh I mean, what a horrible human! <laughs> I mean, at least my dope sick guy's a horrible human, a real person. So if you're listening, he's not. Okay. Um, <laughs> Michael Freeman, if you're listening, you're a horrible human. No. Oh God, that's could I go to jail or anything? <laughs> no, no, no. Yes. By no, we mean yes. <laughs> but those people are doing th- like the Billy's dad. Neil, as I like to call him on Stranger Things, he's a horrible, horrible human. Yeah. <laughs> like a horrible human. And and I I, I loved I loved every second of him. Because it was like, you know, it, it's kind of like those guys, not that I grew up with these guys, but I've seen dads. I certainly grew up with these dads where I'm going, not my dad, but seeing guys going, sorry, what was that? Oh, you can't, you know. Uh-huh. As opposed to Ingrid Reth, so I, I went on tape for that in our bedroom with my, now I have cameras and lights and fancy lights. Back in the day, I taped my iPhone to our closet door and I had a stand right off camera with a pillow on it and Ingrid just reads lines way off in the distance, but I act like I'm looking at her and I would hit the pillow <laughs> as hitting it, at hitting Billy. Oh I was like, God. and I oh knew shooting it. I knew shooting it. I, I was like shooting the self-tape. I was like, oh, I've, I'm getting this. Wow. I don't always feel that way. I, I was like, oh, I'm going to yeah. get this because I'm not overplaying it. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I'm being um, like this and then smacking the guy, smacking the pillow. <laughs> I wish I had, a, I wish I had a video of I, that. Has there ever been anything that you're like, oh, there, there is no way I'm getting this. And then you miraculously got it. Uh, a lot of times with HBO, you'll either self tape or they'll make you, or, or they'll say, we're interested. Okay, fine. You're interested. Let me know when you're really interested because everybody's interested to a point. And then three months later, you're like, like the deuce was like that three months later. He's like, Hey, you got the deuce. I'm like, what's that? Oh yeah. What a- Remember the HBO? Th- oh fuck. Yeah. Yeah. The HBO thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but were you a porn star on the deuce? I never actually watched it yet. <laughs> How dare you, sir? No, I know. Was Maggie Jill a porn star? She was a porn star and I'm like a normal dude okay. that goes on a few dates with her. Oh, okay. Right. I'm going to watch it. Sharp Rogers is one of those where I went on tape at my agency. You knew it was a good tape. But again, yeah. you don't hear anything forever. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, you, you're you playing Bob Nash. And yeah. you're like, oh, this is great. Uh, Do you want the mustache or not? You know, pivotal role, pivotal role. Uh, very pivotal. <laughs> don't give anything away. Just kidding. But my kids, I don't know that they watch anything. You know, Nashville, when I was on Nashville, they would come visit. I actually, there are extras on an episode where I'm like in the lobby and they're like, people are like, Luke Wheeler. 
And my 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 kids are both like want an autograph. And I'm like, well, how are you doing there? You know, I gotta say, we watched that was like when we would come home on like winter break or spring break. We'd watch with our mom, and and so she is tickled that you're you're on the podcast. Well, I've got to ask about Connie Britton. Is she everything? She's everything. She's uh, I learned. I'm I'm meticulous with learning lines, with knowing things within an inch of their life, so I can be open on set. Right? Yes. She is the same way, but she's been on a lot of TV shows. One of them was Friday Night Lights, where it was more like, we're going to put the camera here, docu-feel, but, you know, and there are lines, but you just go, you just uh, do your thing around it. And Connie was an EP, an executive producer on Nashville, and she had script approval and stuff like that. And it would be funny. So I learned to learn my lines, and then I learned to forget them because inevitably, and this is not disparaging her, but in the makeup trailer, literally moments before we're going to go fucking shoot it. Hey, Will, yeah, yeah. Uh, and she'd bring out the script. Yeah, so I'm, and she'd start just cutting stuff. And it was never her stuff. I mean, it was always her stuff. Oh, okay. It was never my stuff. So she'd be like, so I'm like, oh, you're, oh, okay. So that's a big monologue for me now. Oh, okay. <laughs> or, you know, or on set, if the line was, um, honey, I don't think, uh, I don't think, uh, um, uh, Jeff Fordham's going to let us do this thing. You know, do you agree? And the line, my line would be, yeah, yeah, I sure do. You know, whatever. She'd go, um, honey, I, you know, listen, I, Luke, I just don't know that Jeff Fordham's going to let us do this. What do you think? And then you'd be like, well, hon, you know, listen, I, I, I think that we got to do what's right for, and, and that would inevitably one be the take they'd use. It taught me to listen. <laughs> it wasn't far-fetched like we're improving, like it's mm -hmm. you know but it was it was like oh she's i'm gonna learn to listen and react and it freed me up we had a blast she's when she walks on set she she'll break balls she's awesome she's stunning but there's something about her that you cannot like there's a vulnerability mm -hmm. even when she's strong which i love when strong characters there's a vulnerability when you go into that close-up of them and she's just man she's fucking did you watch uh, White Lotus? Oh, yeah. I was just going to ask you if you did. I loved it. I know. How twisted and weird yes. and great is that? Like, it's so weird. It took me a second to like it. And yeah. In fact, I didn't. And then I'm like, oh, stop, Will. You do. You do like right. this. You're just thinking you don't because nothing's happening so far. Or maybe at all. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, but at all, but, but in a way that's shot beautifully and you go, I know these people. And we've been to the Four Seasons there, so it's really oh amazing. yes, that's where it was, it was shot, right? Um, <laughs> but, but, but watching, but watching Connie even do that, trying to be just trying to be a mom who just trying to make sure everybody's mm -hmm. okay. You're like, oh, she's fucking and Steve. Uh, I, mean, I could talk about that for an hour, but it's she's fucking yeah. great, right? Oh, oh yeah, so I love, 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 love. You've worked with so many amazing women. I am just curious if you if you were to you know be reunited with one of them, who would you want to work with again? We'll say in a musical. In a musical. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's in a musical. Well, I mean, Kelly O'Hara and I, I could do... It's funny, Kelly's trajectory for the longest time, people thought... In fact, the first time I worked with her was doing Oklahoma in Oklahoma. Oh, fun. At the Oklahoma Lyric Opera. And I always thought, oh, yeah, I didn't know her. Kelly O'Hara, you know, great voice, sings the canon. Mm -hmm. But that's, is, that's pretty much it. That's all I knew and heard. And then you're like in rehearsal, you're like, oh, you're funny. You're a ball buster. You're fun. You're a funny human being. Then I got to do bells are ringing, and then that's when everybody else went, "Oh, Kelly O'Hare, she's actually a comedian. Oh, she actually can sing like a god, and she's also a comedian." 
Oh, okay. So then when Kiss Me Kate happened, no fucking, and we'd done a few things. Mm-hmm. No, uh, what else? We, we did something else. Nice work. I oh, keep yeah. forgetting about yeah. nice work because I was in it for a hot second. Right. Okay. Um, but she's, she's one of those people that I would go, I would run to do any, and you're talking to someone that doesn't want to do any theater at all. <laughs> you're a little, a little burnt out at this point or? I don't mean I, forever, but close. I, I it's, I, it's so tiring. It, it's so, uh, having nothing to do with you. You don't know what it's going to end up being. And even if it ends up being good, somebody might think it's bad. And, and I'm not going to mention any musicals that are out right now that just opened, but like mm-hmm. some of the reviews for that I one know. were really, uh, come on, let's, let's all, you want to talk about the piece? That's fine. I'm not mentioning names. You want to talk about the piece? That's fine. You t- now you're doing a social agenda on the I piece. Know. Go. Fuck I know. I, I hear you. I hear you. Anyway, so so I don't. Beyond that, though, it's just tiring. I mean, it's uh, Kiss Me Kate killed. I mean, killed me. You were throwing Kelly O'Hara over your shoulder and like, w- was your body broken? Broken. My brain, body, everything broken. Like it was broken it was but it, but fun but again not that much i mean to me yeah, and yeah. i'm being honest now uh i used to i used to soften it going well if it's the right piece i and let's say if it's the right piece and it doesn't have any music and it runs for three months then i'll do it that's a play <laughs> that runs for three months that's why i want to do it but signing your life away for ingrid's casting a notebook and in my head i'm right. like they're going out of town to fucking chicago that's three months they're going to sign broadway mm-hmm. contracts let's say in the fall or whatever for a year they're done th- those people are can't can't do anything else until 2023 when you're young go do that. no but anyway vanessa hudgens is going to be locked up on the notebook again for the next year and a half but anyway well i don't know about that no it's kidding what i was going to say was i thought you were so great in kiss oh, me kate and it was That's i fun. know like awards whatever whatever you should have been nominated for a tony what the hell was that um you know i, I usually i would do the diplomatic i don't um oh well it's just a but i i can't say an honor to be nominated because it was so weird it was weird <laughs> it was weird it's completely subjective i can't bitch about myself if i bitch about when other people bitch about award shows and why wasn't so and so nominated because the group of people that nominates people didn't think you were good enough yeah. fine that's fine to me personally, it was a fucking, you know, it was a weird blow. I'd also uh, talk about real life. I mean, I also, I joked earlier about getting fired from a, a pilot. I'd shot a pilot the previous September and then it was one of those real life moments that people don't think we have. One of those real life moments where it was like uh, Thursday uh, in the paper deadline, uh, panic gets picked up uh, going to uh, 10 episodes starring Will Chase and so-and-so, right? By Saturday, I'm getting ready to go on for my evening show. And I get a text from a producer going, Will, thank you so much. It was really great. You know, we'll find something for you. This is out of nowhere. Because usually what happens when something gets picked up, you get a letter of intent after that called a pickup letter going, we're going to pick up your option. You're ours for seven years or whatever. This was a producer telling me that didn't realize my manager hadn't called me yet. So I'm like, and me and typical Will was like, oh, Literally, my manager, Anthony, calls moments later going from Paris going, sorry, I'm in, uh, sorry, I've been trying you. I said, yeah, I think I just got fired from panic. He goes, yeah, dude, I'm so sorry. You know how this goes. Uh, I hang up the phone. It's 7.15, uh, fight calls about to happen. So then I, and I have no problem telling this story. Then I was like, oh, oh, God. And this is something that was beyond going to pay me a lot of money. I want to do TV. I wanted, it would be my first series regular in a few years. It was going to shoot in New York. It was a meaty role, but not the whole show. Like it was a great thing. Then I went to, oh my God, 
I'm disappointed. Like I went to my disappointed place and I was a fucking mess. So I grabbed Preston Boyd. He covered me and he covered me and kissed me. Kate. I grabbed him. This is so unprofessional, but I grabbed him to, can you do the show tonight? Great. Let's go to stage management. I went to stage manager. I said, are there any of the guys out? And I'm weeping. And they said, what's going on? I said, uh, I got, I got let go from the pilot and they all knew about the pilot. It was going to conflict with kiss me Kate a little bit. Like, Oh my God, Will, what do you mean? I said, I've been let go from the pilot. I, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so I said, are there any other guys out? No. Are you guys cool if Preston does this show? I know this is very professional. And Preston, are you sure? Absolutely. Absolutely. Fine. I went up my dresser, David, God bless him. Cause he had to live with me for the next week. <laughs> He's like, you're going to be okay. Honey. You're, you know. <laughs> I went out in the street, called a cab within 20 seconds. Scott Ellis calls me going, honey, I'm so, it's gonna make me cry right now. Honey, I'm so sorry. And he's in the TV world. He goes, I know this. This is the worst feeling in the world. I'm not going to give you any. You'll get another job. You know you will. This is the worst fucking feeling. Go home, have a scotch. I got here. Ingrid had a scotch. <laughs> I was devastated. Yeah. I was like, it was horrible. And it was a real life, one of those real life disappointment. Yes, I'm starring on Broadway. Yes, I'm doing things that I love to do. This was something I wanted desperately and had been going on for like six, seven months. And it was one of those moments where it was like, and you know what? The next, and there'd be every, every now and then on the couch that night, I'd be like, fuck, Aww. you know, like, yeah. like, and then, you know, two days pass, you're like, all right. Cause you've, we've all heard these stories. I've, I've had friends that go, yeah, I got fired from a pot. And you're like, oh, until you go through it, sure. fired from a pilot. And Anthony keeps going, you weren't fired from, okay, I shot the pilot. They didn't want me for the series. What do you want me to call it? But it was one of those real life, you know, Preston came through the stage, man. If they had said, no, you got to do it. I would have been fine. I would have done the show. Yeah. You would never have known. I wouldn't have cried through the whole the show. But this was a moment that in Scott calling was like, the perfect like little moment of you're going to be fine. Yeah. This is sucks. This business fucking sucks sometimes, especially when you're on top of the world. So the, anyway, that was a long way around to the Tony's happening shortly thereafter. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh shit. I, this was like a one, two punch. I think it was one of those also that, that like, oh, this is when I get in trouble, but the fact that we didn't win choreography, come on. I, I will. Are you fucking I know. too darn hot? Me? Anything Stephanie Styles did. Like truly it was but anything Warren, Warren Carlisle. I mean that, that choreography was otherworldly and it would not take anything away from ain't too proud, ain't too, ain't proud. too proud, yeah. which is beautiful. But I was like, come on, this is innovative, amazing. And Corbin was amazing. And Stephanie Corbin, was amazing. Yeah. And, and James uh, was amazing. And, and, and anyway, so it was kind of like one of those, like, and they're like, do you want to come and, um, introduce? I'm like, fuck no, I don't. <laughs> I really was bitter. I was a bitter queen. I and really you're allowed was to be a bitter I, queen when it comes to that sort of thing. I, I was bitter. I was a bitter. I was bitter. Like, no, no, okay, I don't well. want to come introduce my friends. And Kelly was like, gotcha. Totally gotcha. Been there. Gotcha. I'm like, been there. You've got 14 million nominations <laughs> and won it finally. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a long, it was a long road. But those moments are real life kind of real life for an actor, but real life kind of moments where you, mm -hmm. you know, you don't get what you want and desire and yearn for. And that's a real kind of, you know, learning for sure. Learning, but yeah, but uh, no, that was a tiring, that was a very tiring experience. Yeah. All you young theater actors want to act. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and from an outsider's perspective, you know, it's, we see you in all these different projects all the time. So we're like, oh, he's always working. He's always booked. I really appreciate your vulnerability oh, in sharing that. Obviously, you mentioned you've got some new things in the in the pipeline. You're directing now. 
So I've been trying to to guest direct, uh, trying to, meaning uh, when I was in Nashville, I was going to possibly do one, then the show got canceled. And then picked up by another network. And then picked up by another, but I wasn't on it. I've been, I've been wanting to guest direct for a long time. And enough people were like, well, you, you can, you should, right? Then when, then when COVID happened, I thought, okay, there's a lot I know, a lot I don't know. There's nothing happening. Give yourself film school. I gave myself film school every day for about three months. I have two great mentors. One is Don Scardino, who wrote oh, yeah. and directed Lennon. He's also a wonderful television director, producer. And then Eric Stoltz, who's another wonderful actor, great director. They're both kind of my mentors, and they literally gave me assignments they gave me script breakdowns they gave me watch this uh what i just uh, dom was like i just uh, directed new amsterdam an episode watch it all count all the setup you know like everything and then without fail everybody i talked to dps producers make a short film and i thought that sounds absolutely horrible i don't want to make a short <laughs> film i don't write i don't have i'm not that person but i did and i shot a short film in uh, la when we, we have a house in la we were there for most of covid other than a few shots that Ingrid actually shot, a couple dolly shots. It's all me. Uh, Jack Davenport just kind of does a voiceover. So I did that. Of Smash Fame. Uh, of Smash Fame. Uh, he kind of does a little Will Shakespeare kind of thing. Dagger. It's called Dagger. It's on my Vimeo. And then then I wrote a script, a movie for my kids uh, that's out at film festivals right now. But So you can't see that. It's called, it's called Trunk Show. It's like a 14-minute short. My daughter Daisy and Gracie and then da uh, Daisy's partner Bernard, who's a wonderful actor, uh, wrote this really kind of intense, funny thing for them. So a couple of film festivals have selected that. Congrats. It's weird because there's not a ton for me to direct at the moment, so I have to create my own content. Ingrid just did um, the Today Show. So, I'm, oh. so her company hired me to direct it. And so I directed, which you can see on my Vimeo, uh, I directed her little thing that aired on uh, uh, Tuesday of her singing Winter Wonderland with her little group and uh, just shot a music video. I'm, I, I, I love that side of the camera. I would much rather, weirdly, I love acting. Here's what I've found out and then we can just shut up because I could go till probably 9 p.m. No, you're good. <laughs> we'll go to our closing segment in a second, oh. but I'm curious about what you're gonna say. Well, I love work. I love acting. The theater part, the the uh, doing the theater part from 8 p.m. to 10.30, I love. Don't like all the other stuff, but mm -hmm. I love. When I'm on set, I love acting. I don't like sitting in my trailer and them coming going, yeah, yeah it's going to be a couple more hours because they had to pick up. I don't like that. I do like working every minute of the day. It's very odd. I know a lot of actors go, I fucking love sitting on my ass. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I love yeah, yeah. I love something rotten where I came on for two seconds and then sat on my ass for four. I love that. Yes. No, I love working. I, I I just did dope sick with Danny Strong, um, great creator, and and he let me <laughs> shadow him for a day on set because I wasn't. It's impossible to shadow anybody on sets these days with COVID and stuff. So I thought I'm on the <laughs> show. I might as well. And I loved it because I you're as a director on television, you're constantly working. You're not never working. You're never. I'm just checking some emails. You're never, someone's going, um, right. Will, the, we, we have a red cup, but it's not from the 1800s. We need it, you know what I mean? You're con And mm -hmm. then when you're working, you're working. I love that. I love working. Uh, so that was going to be my point. I, I, I want to, uh, I, I like the idea of, um, talk about collaborative when you're directing television. Uh, it's, it's super collaborative, but your job at the end of the day is to make sure we don't shoot 16 hours, to make sure you can talk to the actors in a given way, to make sure what ends up, 
being interesting on camera. And that's pretty much in television. That's pretty much it. Film is a little different world, but I, I love the idea of that. So that's where I'm kind of headed now. I'm still act. I like the acting for anybody, uh, uh, for anybody who wants to hire me as, no, I know it's going to happen. I know in a decade, I'll look at this and go, Oh my God, like how many law and orders can I do? Um, but, <laughs> but, but for now that's kind of, I'm just, I'm, I, as you can tell, I'm really psyched uh, about oh, yeah. it. I love, uh, I love the idea of it. I love the idea of creating and I don't have that. The last thing I'll say about you, you being a director, I think that you've had so many experiences too that you'll be like an actor's director. You'd know the best way of going about it. It's interesting learning all this stuff. And Eric and Don both went, Will, it's great that you know about lenses. It's great you know about digital cameras. It's great you know about ISO and lighting. And you already know how to talk to actors. Mm -hmm. Actors already like you. I'm like, oh yeah, fuck, I forgot. <laughs> That's that. The whole point is the whole point there's a dp who does dp when you're making your own that's the thing i learned when you're making your own you're doing everything it made you it made me appreciate literally everybody who does i don't care what it is i don't care if it's a grip putting up a fucking flag to block light now i know why that's important what that means mm -hmm. so i'm like oh yeah oh god of course so when i was directing the film for my kids i was doing a lot but i i had a crew and i so i literally could direct and i was like oh this is great I can just literally go up to Daisy, go, uh, try, you know, blah, blah, blah. Remember you're doing this. And then they do it and you're like, man, I'm good. No, <laughs> they do it and you're like, <laughs> but they do it. They do it and you're like, oh, this, that's right. I didn't think of that. That was the other thing with my kids. Anyway, anyway, when I watch, uh, that's what's collaborative. It's like when, when I watch Daisy or Gracie or Bernard do the thing or, and take it to a different thing, you're like, oh God, right, 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 right. This is a living thing. Yes, I have an idea of what it's supposed to be like, but you know, it's also taught me to be a little bit less rigid, mm -hmm. a little flow, which is what I like when I'm on set. Like I'm like, oh yeah, remember what you're like, asshole Will on set? No. <laughs> but remember what remember what you like to hear and what you don't like to hear. Remember a little verb or something like that. So it's just little moments like that. So I think I think I think I could be pretty decent at it and at least have fun. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. At the end of the day, it's fucking make-believe. I yeah. love it. And I'm, I'm. you seem so energized and excited about it. And not to drop your age, but it's just amazing that at 51, you can still be this excited about working and something a little bit different, you know? I think so. And Ingrid and I talk about it all the time because she, you know, obsessed with age and, you know, lost both parents and everybody's going to die. <laughs> Not disparaging Ingrid, but, you right. know, that's where, that's where she lives. Um, and I keep going, you're, you're 42, you just turned 42. You're 42. You're about to embark on, like, she's composed music for a children's show that's going to come oh, out cool. soon. Pretty, pretty high end. And, and a couple movies are pursuing her. I'm like, you are embarking on something even though you know you're a composer, now you're going to be a composer. Mm -hmm. And it's not like you're just writing, somebody's orchestrated your pop songs. <laughs> that's just not Ingrid. That's just not Ingrid. She's writing music for a musical that's, and and she's going to, and I keep going, so by the time you're 50, by the time I'm 60, because I'm uh, nine years older, I said, I will have directed a shitload in a decade. That's a long fucking time. And I'm only 60. I keep going only 60. <laughs> I have to keep saying that. Um, yeah. But, same with her by the time she's 50 she will have it'll be fun to look back and go oh my god did you, you know remember when we were just trying to it, it's funny yeah. to still you know being being this successful or whatever still trying to but i am i like you said i am passionate about it i'm trying to get in that door and see where that leads me uh, you know That's what i mean awesome. I, I i admire it yeah, so I think much it is 
Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I like hearing it from someone else saying because it's like, oh yeah, I am. I'm, I'm stoked. It's weird too to not be um, 25 going. Oh, I want a director. I want to act because you don't know that you have yet. You don't know that you're actually any good or have a point of view. I do. It's just now I need someone to call and go, hey, do you want to do NCIS season uh, eight, uh, episode 14? Fuck yeah, I do. <laughs> you know, got a car crash? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I do. I, I know I can. Yeah. Will I be a nervous fucking wreck? Absolutely, but I won't act like yeah. that. And the money, I hear the money's worth it for directing <laughs> network TV dramas. Like, I hear crazy things about these numbers, Will, but. Well, I don't want to speak out of school. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, the money, the money is, uh, the money is amazing, but I just want to, for me, doing like an episode, and I joke about NCIS, yeah, episode, yeah. Uh, season eight, episode 14, but I need that. I need the one where it's a machine. Yeah. They need, I, I, and I'm not trying to change the world with my directing and my vision for cinematography. I, I, I love it. I love moving images, but I'm not coming in and change. They do a thing. I'll come in. I can do the thing. I'll talk to the actors. Casey Nicola came in and directed an episode of Smash. It was delightful. He didn't, didn't know a lens from a, and I'm not disparaging Casey, but he'd be the first to tell you. <laughs> we had dinner. He's like, um, I don't know a 20 millimeter from a, but he knew how to talk to the actors. He'd look at the DP and go, you guys good? You guys good? Great. Let's move on. We were doing like eight hour days. People were like, this is the best director ever. <laughs> like eight hour days on smash. You know, what episode was it? I feel like I was in a diner when he was shadowing. I feel like I was shooting a diner scene oh, when he okay. was shadowing. So he was ever, whatever the, this would be a nice trivia. I was in yes. a diner with Deborah, probably, <laughs> yeah. and he was shadowing. So then he did the next episode. I wonder when you guys were in a diner, probably work going over the script. Cause I feel like she was always like, her character was always having to like go over. With Michael Swift, she was always having meals uh -huh. with Michael uh -huh. Swift. Uh -huh. That was drama. That was drama. Listen, I'm a huge a lot of drama. I, I'm, I'm a huge um, Michael and Julia. I always like them together. Deborah's fucking amazing. She's like just like she's everything you think she is. She's like just the, the coolest person. She and um, uh, 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 Angelica Houston. Houston. Fucking Angelica Houston. You'd never know they were Deborah messing in Angelica Houston ever. They just came in, they got their makeup done, they did the thing. It was a fucking amazing. And the things Angelica used to do and say, just little snippets of things, just, you got this, or it's it's really fucking beautiful, Will, or just whatever. You're like, oh, okay, I'm I'm good. I don't ever need to do anything ever again. <laughs> but Deborah was great. She She's just like, a, she's a light in the room. She's a light on set. She's like, Angelica's the same way, just like a, a giving, awesome, human so then it that feeds down you know i've been on the opposite sets where it's like oh god you know number one or number two or number three is an asshole yeah. it's gonna be miserable like for a season or whatever yeah and then with with that it's like oh it just trickles down everybody knows they have to do good work but you can have some fun it's not that serious it's serious but it's not that serious do you yeah. know what I mean? you could always look over at angelica or deborah and it'd be like oh god nbc's in the room and they're just like Fucking calm down. Uh -huh. Do your work that you got hired to do. Right. Because you got hired. You're brilliant. They wouldn't have. You wouldn't be here if you weren't. Do your thing. Let them worry about the editing or the line or yeah. the the lights wrong or the whatever. You can't do any of that. And it's like, oh yeah. Uh, I love to hear that. Yeah, awesome. You speak so fondly about your exes. Well, it's 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 wonderful. <laughs> you really um, do. <laughs> Well, my, my, uh, my daughter's mother is amazing. Lori's amazing. I mean, we've been, to, you know, we've known each other for God, 20, 
some odd years and uh Deborah and I are great and uh no it's you know what people ask me you're gonna get your tattoos covered up fuck no they look badass <laughs> yeah I know yeah why would you <laughs> I mean Kentucky I might want to because Mitch McConnell's an asshole yeah but, um, yeah well yeah you know, but I mean, I'm not covering these. They're, they're I love them. They also, yeah. I look at them, I go, they're, they're, they remind me of a part of my life. I'm not, please. I'm not. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, love it. Oh my oh, God. I well, listen, it. I feel like I could talk to you forever, Will, but we have to say goodbye. But before we do, we like to end on a dose of drama, a little something that's been on our mind, something you want to rant about, rave about, share, promote. It could be truly anything. And I have to say, before we kiss 2021 goodbye, I have not said this on the podcast yet, but. Lady Gaga in House of Gucci, actress and star, everyone. She really delivers all of it. She really does. She's committed. She's compelling. She nailed it. I have not seen it. It's it's worth it for her. It's, it's, it's an her, uneven yeah. film, but she's great. She's really great, Will. <laughs> Dylan, I'm putting it, Dylan. It's worth it yeah. for her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> talk, talk about a trippy um, moment we saw house of gucci and we're walking out of the theater like looking at our phones and we find out steven sondheim has passed and away. adam driver's there oh i know it was like the most yeah those are like surreal weird like you can't you'll never and you'll always remember that yep. you can't ever put it into words you really won't you'll never forget that being probably elated with the movie or a moment in the movie or Lady Gaga or whatever, and then yeah. this. And it's like, what are you talking about? Those things, even now, they don't compute. That doesn't Yeah, compute. I like grabbed Connor and my boyfriend, and I, I said, I need to tell you guys something. I was shocked. Well, it's funny because I, I was like thinking about the movie as I was leaving, and then I stopped thinking about it because all I was thinking about was Sondheim the rest of the night, and then people were asking me. Have you thought about the movie since? Well, um, not until people asked me about it. And I was like, right. I haven't given it as much thought as everyone else has. But anyway, Lady Gaga, she's amazing. She's oh, amazing. She's a movie star. Yeah. Um, All right. My dose of drama really quick is we haven't heard an Ingrid Michaelson song on Grey's Anatomy in a while. And I know that she had a lot of tunes on there back in the day. I think even too, she's in the book. Didn't they do a book or something? Didn't they do like a, you know, a, a retrospective? I feel like oh. she's mentioned in the thing or something. They did. Okay. Someone released like an unofficial history of Grey's Anatomy. Maybe a producer from the show or a writer oh, yeah, from yeah, the yeah. show came out with a that big thing. That sounds very familiar. That sounds very familiar. And didn't Chris, didn't Chris, didn't Chris Carmack on the show sing, cover Ingrid's song? I feel like he covered his character on the show. Yeah. I don't watch the show. His character on the show doesn't play He does play guitar every now and then. I mean, they of course have to they give him a guitar yeah, yeah, yeah. for a few seconds. I feel like he, maybe his real life wife, did a cover of something Ingrid had already. Oh, okay, okay. There's something like that, which was really weird because Chris is yeah. a friend, and it's like the Nashville connection, and he's covering Ingrid's song, and then okay. yeah, no, Ingrid and and Grey's Anatomy are you know they're tied. They yeah. are. They're Wait, tied I, I feel like our listeners are screaming into the into the world as they're listening to us talk about this. They're like, no, it was wow. this this song? Yeah. Chris did this. Song. Of course they are. Thanks guys. Yeah. <laughs> we don't yeah. know. Could have used you right now. Anyway, yeah. I love Ingrid. Oh my God. This is a, this is ultimately a podcast about Ingrid Michaelson. Sure. You could whittle it down to all Ingrid all the time. You should have her on. We would, well, we should make it happen. Um, we should. She's, uh, she goes to, she goes to out of town in Chicago, you know, like I think they rehearse February, March and open in April or something like that. So you should get her on right before Catch that. Catch her either before or yeah, when she's got a break. Cause I can only imagine the rewriting she'll be doing. To her, it's like, I've written it. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> She's ready. Fuck off. She's ready. Do this. Yeah. I've been writing this fucking thing for four years. I, yeah. <laughs> okay, Will, do you have a dose of drama? Anything you want to promote, talk about, rant about, rave about? 
I want world peace. No, <laughs> I like such as you imagine if I did that monologue. Now, how badass would it be if I had done what's her name? Like such as in the U.S. Americans, yeah, yeah, yeah. if I had done that, that would have been dope. Damn it! Was Miss South Carolina? That. Was that what it was? It was, yeah. yeah. And she, God bless her. Right now, she's like, oh, I wasn't thinking I really. <laughs> um, <laughs> do I? You know what? I was gonna rant. I was gonna rant a little bit about. I was gonna rant about making art. We've done a good job at. I hate the word overcorrecting. I can't stand the word overcorrecting because there's to me there's no such thing. Mm -hmm. It's either correct. I'm not a right or wrong person, but some things are right or wrong, right? And with art, I want to, I, I want us all to use this um, uh, spotlight we have on us now, especially with everything that's happening socially, to really use it responsibly and to make good art, not to make anodyne art, not to just include everybody to include everybody, include everybody until that's, include people and tell those stories. Mm -hmm. if, if that's what you're going to do, don't just include people to make it look right or feel right or whatever. And, and again, things are, uh, things are hard. So art should be on some level easy, meaning we should, we should really try to be inclusive. Mm -hmm. And I mean, really be inclusive in your heart and in, be open, be open, not I'm inclusive, but you got to listen to what I have to say and do it this way uh, because uh, it's too important right now. I mean, art is so, are you kidding? The thing people do to escape whatever it is they, they're crazy or they're good or they're whatever is what's on television, is what's on stage, is what is music. Yeah. And I'm not saying it all has to be hunky-dory and pretty, but it should reflect something and mean something. So I, I don't even know if that means anything other than I don't want it to be, I want it to have a point of view and a reason. I don't want it to be... Oh, okay. This this may as well be 20 years ago. It just looks a little different. No, no. Tell the story, make it look like it looks and tell that story. And that story is rich. Yeah. You know, it's what Sondheim, again, I'll end with Sondheim maybe. He fucking, I don't think we'll ever look back and go, oh, oh it's dated. He fucking, you know, he made a guy kill people and make meat pies. <laughs> he, he tells a story about a middle-aged guy who all their friends are married and or now it's a middle-aged woman and all her friends are married. Uh, he took... Um, uh, the Japanese imperialist. I mean, things, are you fucking out of your mind? Who's going to write a fucking musical about this? Mm -hmm. And he does. So, so to me, it's a, it's a great, it's a great, take this piece and really make it something. Don't just whitewash it or just make it yeah. blase. Really do something and tell something. I think it's absolutely awesome. perfect. So no, well said. Perfect I, no wow. I don't know where that came wow. from. You're very centered all of a sudden. I loved that. I don't know what happened. <laughs> No, that was that was beautiful. I agree. The booze. Well, it has been a damn delight to have you on this podcast. Oh Thank my you. god, you guys are great. You guys are great. My pleasure. And any and uh, seriously, anytime that when life is normal and you're not doing this and you're all well in the same place and can have a meal or a drink or <laughs> or if you just want to do this, we can do podcasts. <laughs> Will's back for this is his sixth episode. We get it, Will. You're trying to fucking. Hey, no, anytime. <laughs> This this is uh, this has been amazing. No, we get it. Yeah, okay. You don't want to do Broadway. I would love that. No one's asking you to do Broadway, Will. Okay. Uh, but seriously, let's let's. Uh, I would love to sometime grab a drink or whatever. You guys are awesome. It has been an absolute pleasure. Ah, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. That means a lot. Hope you have a great holiday season with your Christmas elf. My pleasure, guys. Uh, pleasure to meet really you. Will. It. We'll talk happy, to you soon. Happy holidays. We'll be in touch. Okay, <laughs> and let me know when this airs. Okay, totally. We will. And everybody should follow us. I'm at Connor McDowell. He's at Dylan McDowell. We cannot thank you enough 
for everything you've done for us in 2021. I feel like we're ending it on such a great note and I'm so excited. Literally, I just got the chills actually, Dylan, because great things are coming for us they are. next year. They are. And I, I, this was the best time. So we have nothing but gratitude for Will, but to all of our guests who came on board in 2021, and I am gagged to say we already have some amazing guests that we've recorded with and lined up for 2022. So the best, as they say, is yet to come. And Connor, I'll see you next time. Next year. Next year. Drama. Drama.